part one chapter one section eight of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine section eight after this we had a period of stagnation which lasted nine years the hysterical outbreaks and sobbings on my shoulder that occurred at regular intervals did not in the least mar our prosperity i wonder that stepan trofimovitch did not grow stout during this period his nose was a little redder and his manner had gained in urbanity that was all by degrees a circle of friends had formed around him although it was never a very large one though varvara petrovna had little to do with the circle yet we all recognized her as our patroness after the lesson she had received in petersburg she settled down in our town for good in winter she lived in her town-house and spent the summer on her estate in the neighbourhood she had never enjoyed so much consequence and prestige in our provincial society as during the last seven years of this period that is up to the time of the appointment of our present governor our former governor the mild ivan osipovitch who will never be forgotten among us was a near relation of varvara petrovna's and had at one time been under obligations to her his wife trembled at the very thought of displeasing her while the homage paid her by provincial society was carried almost to a pitch that suggested idolatry so stepan trofimovitch too had a good time he was a member of the club lost at cards majestically and was everywhere treated with respect though many people regarded him only as a learned man later on when varvara petrovna allowed him to live in a separate house we enjoyed greater freedom than before twice a week we used to meet at his house we were a merry party especially when he was not sparing of the champagne the wine came from the shop of the same andreyev the bill was paid twice a year by varvara petrovna and on the day it was paid stepan trofimovitch almost invariably suffered from an attack of his summer cholera one of the first members of our circle was liputin an elderly provincial official and a great liberal who was reputed in the town to be an atheist he had married for the second time a young and pretty wife with a dowry and had besides three grown-up daughters he brought up his family in the fear of god and kept a tight hand over them he was extremely stingy and out of his salary had bought himself a house and amassed a fortune he was an uncomfortable sort of man and had not risen in the service he was not much respected in the town and was not received in the best circles moreover he was an open scandal-monger and had more than once had to smart for his backbiting for which he had been badly punished by an officer and again by a country gentleman the respectable head of a family but we liked his wit his inquiring mind his peculiar malicious liveliness varvara petrovna disliked him but he always knew how to make it up to her nor did she care for shatov who became one of our circle during the last years of this period shatov had been a student and had been expelled from the university after some disturbance in his childhood he had been a student of stepan trofimovitch's and was by birth a serf of varvara petrovna's the son of a former valet of hers pavel fyodoritch and was greatly indebted to her bounty she disliked him for his pride and ingratitude and could never forgive him for not having come straight to her on his expulsion from the university on the contrary he had not even answered the letter she had expressly sent him at the time and preferred to be a drudge in the family of a merchant of the new style 
with whom he went abroad looking after his children more in the position of a nurse than of a tutor he was very eager to travel at the time the children had a governess too a lively young russian lady who also became one of the household on the eve of their departure and had been engaged chiefly because she was so cheap two months later the merchant turned her out of the house for free thinking shatov took himself off after her and soon afterwards married her in geneva they lived together about three weeks and then parted as free people recognizing no bonds though no doubt also through poverty he wandered about europe alone for a long time afterwards living god knows how he is said to have black boots in the streets and to have been a porter in some dockyard at last a year before he had returned to his native place among us and settled with an old aunt whom he buried a month later his sister dasha who had also been brought up by varvara petrovna was a favourite of hers and treated with respect and consideration in her house he saw his sister rarely and was not on intimate terms with her in our circle he was always sullen and never talkative but from time to time when his convictions were touched upon he became morbidly irritable and very unrestrained in his language one has to tie shatov up and then argue with him stepan trofimovitch would sometimes say in joke but he liked him shatov had radically changed some of his former socialistic convictions abroad and had rushed to the opposite extreme he was one of those idealistic beings common in russia who are suddenly struck by some overmastering idea which seems as it were to crush them at once and sometimes forever they are never equal to coping with it but put passionate faith in it and their whole life passes afterwards as it were in the last agonies under the weight of the stone that has fallen upon them and half crushed them in appearance shatov was in complete harmony with his convictions he was short awkward had a shock of flaxen hair broad shoulders thick lips very thick overhanging white eyebrows a wrinkled forehead and a hostile obstinately downcast as it were shamefaced expression in his eyes his hair was always in a wild tangle and stood up in a shock which nothing could smooth he was seven or eight and twenty i no longer wonder that his wife ran away from him varvara petrovna enunciated on one occasion after gazing intently at him he tried to be neat in his dress in spite of his extreme poverty he refrained again from appealing to varvara petrovna and struggled along as best he could doing various jobs for tradespeople at one time he served in a shop at another he was on the point of going as an assistant clerk on a freight steamer but he fell ill just at the time of sailing it is hard to imagine what poverty he was capable of enduring without thinking about it at all after his illness varvara petrovna sent him a hundred roubles anonymously and in secret he found out the secret however and after some reflection took the money and went to varvara petrovna to thank her she received him with warmth but on this occasion too he shamefully disappointed her he only stayed five minutes staring blankly at the ground and smiling stupidly in profound silence and suddenly at the most interesting point without listening to what she was saying he got up made an uncouth sideways bow helpless with confusion caught against the lady's expensive inlaid work-table upsetting it on the floor and smashing it to atoms and walked out nearly dead with shame liputin blamed him severely afterwards for having accepted the hundred roubles and having even gone to thank varvara petrovna for them 
instead of having returned the money with contempt because it had come from his former despotic mistress he lived in solitude on the outskirts of the town and did not like any of us to go and see him he used to turn up invariably at stepan trofimovitch's evenings and borrowed newspapers and books from him there was another young man who always came one virginsky a clerk in the service here who had something in common with shatov although on the surface he seemed his complete opposite in every respect he was a family man too he was a pathetic and very quiet young man though he was thirty he had considerable education though he was chiefly self-taught he was poor married and in the service and supported the aunt and sister of his wife his wife and all the ladies of his family professed the very latest convictions but in rather a crude form it was a case of an idea dragged forth into the street as stepan trofimovitch had expressed it upon a former occasion they got it all out of books and at the first hint coming from any of our little progressive corners in petersburg they were prepared to throw anything overboard so soon as they were advised to do so madame virginsky practised as a midwife in the town she had lived a long while in petersburg as a girl virginsky himself was a man of rare single-heartedness and i have seldom met more honest fervour i will never never abandon these bright hopes he used to say to me with shining eyes of these bright hopes he always spoke quietly in a blissful half-whisper as it were secretly he was rather tall but extremely thin and narrow-shouldered and had extraordinarily lank hair of a reddish hue all stepan trofimovitch's condescending jibes at some of his opinions he accepted mildly answered him sometimes very seriously and often nonplussed him stepan trofimovitch treated him very kindly and indeed he behaved like a father to all of us you are all half-hearted chickens he observed to virginsky in joke all who are like you though in you virginsky i have not observed that narrow-mindedness i found in petersburg but you're a half-hatched chicken all the same shatov would give anything to hatch out but he's half-hatched too and i liputin inquired you're simply the golden mean which will get on anywhere in its own way liputin was offended the story was told of virginsky and it was unhappily only too true that before his wife had spent a year in lawful wedlock with him she announced that he was superseded and that she preferred lebyadkin this lebyadkin a stranger to the town turned out afterwards to be a very dubious character and not a retired captain as he represented himself to be he could do nothing but twist his moustache drink and chatter the most inept nonsense that can possibly be imagined this fellow who was utterly lacking in delicacy at once settled in his house glad to live at another man's expense ate and slept there and came in the end to treating the master of the house with condescension it was asserted that when virginsky's wife had announced to him that he was superseded he said to her my dear hitherto i have only loved you but now i respect you but i doubt whether this renunciation worthy of ancient rome was ever really uttered on the contrary they say that he wept violently a fortnight after he was superseded all of them in a family party went one day for a picnic to a wood outside the town to drink tea with their friends Virginsky was in a feverishly lively mood and took part in the dances but suddenly without any preliminary quarrel he seized the giant lebyadkin with both hands by the hair 
just as the latter was dancing a can-can solo pushed him down and began dragging him along with shrieks shouts and tears the giant was so panic-stricken that he did not attempt to defend himself and hardly uttered a sound all the time he was being dragged along but afterwards he resented it with all the heat of an honourable man Virginsky spent a whole night on his knees begging his wife's forgiveness but this forgiveness was not granted as he refused to apologize to lebyadkin moreover he was upbraided for the meanness of his ideas and his foolishness the latter charge based on the fact that he knelt down in the interview with his wife the captain soon disappeared and did not reappear in our town till quite lately when he came with his sister and with entirely different aims but of him later it was no wonder that the poor young husband sought our society and found comfort in it but he never spoke of his home life to us on one occasion only returning with me from stepan trofimovitch's he made a remote allusion to his position but clutching my hand at once he cried ardently it's of no consequence it's only a personal incident it's no hindrance to the cause not the slightest stray guests visited our circle too a jew called lyamshin and a captain kartusov came an old gentleman of inquiring mind used to come at one time but he died liputin brought an exiled polish priest called slontsevsky and for a time we received him on principle but afterwards we didn't keep it up end of section eight recording by expatriate in bangor maine